Hello and welcome. This is the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese here with you for the next hour. And thanks to those listening on podcast. Hey, if you have a Spotify account and you've got your Spotify wrapped, which came out today, and the Fan Checkdown is on there, please tag myself and Donovan in there. Let us know. We want to say thank you. We say thank you anyway, but we want to say thank you, even if it's on Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called. We love that. Uh, we got lots to get to today. Um, Adam Rank is going to join us in just a second here. Um, and then uh, producer extraordinaire, guest booker, whatever we want to call him around these parts. He's so good at his job that they gave him another one. Uh, and that will be Daniele Franceschi, who we can commiserate on some Bill stuff together among other things around the league. Uh, But before we get to Adam Rank, because I know he's on the line now, I want to play the clip that we talked about yesterday. Uh, David Tepper, Carolina Panthers owner. um, You know what? I don't even have to do it justice. Let's just listen to this. No, it's been reported and we talked about it. Originally, we were going to go to the number two pick and and, uh, we thought we'd get CJ because we thought the Texans were going to pick Bryce. And listen, we preferred Bryce. He was our number one pick. We had a lot of conviction. Um... But, uh, you know, in answer to your questions, it's just not the way the process was done. The process was done the way the process was done. And again, even though if there was a process with five people in a room and and the way the votes came in, it was Frank was the first choice, I always could veto that choice. And even if it was Bryce and the votes came in unanimously in this particular case, I could have vetoed that choice. In both cases, I supported both choices. Okay, I'm just going to say that I supported both choices. I supported the coaches. I supported the scouts, their unanimous opinion. um, And I supported uh, Frank Reich. So um, whatever's good, bad, or indifferent is ultimately because the buck stops here. And I take full responsibility for everything. But that's the way the process runs. And just one last thing, and then we're going to go here. As far as Bryce Young is concerned, I cannot say this, you know, for myself, and I think everybody in this building would share this sentiment. We are totally confident in that pick. Okay, I think the people that made that pick first, um, you know, would be totally confident in that. Um, you know, some of them you could ask. Okay. Um, and I think the, um, and, and for me, I'm totally confident in agreeing with that pick. All right, well, there's David Tepper. And here is Adam Rank, NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Uh, firstly, how are you today? I'm doing real well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm better than the Carolina Panthers right now. Um, and you know, after listening to that, you know, I said this yesterday. There is a time. In, there is a time in this world where some where you need to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I just need to not say anything. I just need to be quiet. And that felt like a real David Tepper thing yesterday. Was just you know what? Don't don't even bring any more fuel to the fire here. It's already bad. Just say what you got to say and get out and don't say anything extra. And I felt like he said extra yesterday. Yeah. Why are you still talking? Like that is one of the things that you look at. And I think that, you know, for a lot of people at the U S you know, a lot of times at Thanksgiving, you might start saying things that you probably shouldn't be talking about. And at some point you just got to control that conversation. Maybe you don't, Maybe you don't engage your uncle who wants to get into a, an argument about something. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, yeah. You know, like sometimes you just got to nod politely and go along and and that's that. But, you know, 
At the same time, I also appreciate it because it gives us something to talk about. Way too often, these owners and coaches are far too banal, and we get nothing, and we complain, and we're like, oh, Bill Belichick's at the press conference saying nothing. I like that David Tepper just went a little too far and went a little too crazy and already is showing remorse over the draft pick that he made. That's that's got to make Bryce Young feel good today. Like, yeah, I know. I was the guy you should... It's like, oh, like being at your prom and be like, well, you know, I was going to go with Linda, but uh, no, I'm with you, so it's great, um, which probably happened to me. I- I'm glad I didn't feel that together. But you know what? That's, but no, but it's good to know that you where you stand, I suppose. You know, the whole situation with the with the Panthers is just a it's a nightmare um the Frank Reich thing obviously didn't work and then they fire all Frank Reich's guys and it's gonna come out that you know Frank Reich wanted CJ Stroud um we know that it's it's just it's what's gonna happen but when I look at the Panthers and I look at you know the blame the blame for me starts and stops with Scott Fitterer and David Tepper here yeah I mean like this is what his 30th head coach in four years no It just feels that way. But I mean, like, he's the one who's rolling through all these coaches, like the itchy trigger finger, like letting, you know, just the way he's operated since he's taken over the team. Like I, I, I couldn't imagine it being, you know, worse than it was with, with Jerry Richardson, but somehow it's managed to be just that much, much worse. And, you know, there's some owners in the league that just get these reputations and, you know, you look at these organizations and you wonder, like, who's going to want to go and coach there? Now, last season, Ben Johnson, who's the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, was interviewing with them and looked at the landscape in Carolina and was like, no, nah, I'm good. I think we're, I think I'm okay. I'm going to stay in Detroit. I'd rather be the offensive coordinator than here than go down there. And I think, again, you're going to find that a, a very similar situation. Now, there are just 32 of these jobs around, and you will find somebody who will look at it and be like, okay, this can't be too bad. But there are going to be a lot of guys with choices who will have a lot of, you know, a lot of interest from other places. Like if you're a a, a high-profile coordinator, and I'll use, again, Ben Johnson as the example, you know, when you're looking at it, like, hey, you're looking at uh, Carolina, you got Bryce Young, no first-round draft pick. You got potentially the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert. Like, which which job are you taking? Like, I don't think it's going to be much of a choice and as David Tepper sits there and talks about like, well, we really wanted this guy. I think there's going to be a lot of coaches who are going to be like, well, really, I would have rather have coached in Los Angeles or whatever, but I'm in Carolina. Let's make the most of it. So I, I think that he should get ready for a little bit of his own medicine. Well, the, I, I had uh, this conversation with Sean King yesterday and, and I, you know, I said like this job feels like one that's going to be a young up and coming guy and not a, a young up and coming coach or a guy who's been out of the NFL for a couple of years rather than, you know, like for all the people that think or had the idea that Bill Belichick is going to Carolina, that's not happening. Um, especially with how the owner meddles there. Like that's what it feels like. Anybody with experience and recently in the league is probably not going to go there outside of like Jim Harbaugh is not taking that job. If he leaves Michigan, he's not going there. We know that, but that's what it kind of feels like to me because it's not only the fact that you don't have a first round pick, but your receiver group isn't very good. Your offensive line isn't very good. And 
Brian Burns, I guess, will be back unless they decide to deal him. But even that looks ridiculous that they didn't take two first-round picks for him. So I look at it and say, like, do I really want to go work for that GM who clearly makes bad decisions? And do I really want to go work for the owner who has his fingers in the cookie jar all the time, it seems? No, it is going to be definitely one of those type of situations where it's going to be some retread who's going to be a little bit further down on the list. I was thinking like Jim Schwartz came to my mind immediately. Like, ah, that could possibly be somebody who's done pretty well, who probably is not going to get another opportunity despite how well uh, he's been doing. But it's certainly not going to be Harbaugh, not going to be Belichick, as you said. Definitely not going to be Ben Johnson or one of these other guys. Perhaps, you know, I was thinking about Eric Bieniemy. Like, I don't know if he stays. He's got to get the Washington job, though, doesn't he? Like, they. He, I mean, he should be know. the interim guy right now, if we're being honest, because Ron Rivera shouldn't be there. Well, they they should fire him and let him go the last four. I mean, at least give him the last four games uh, to show what he can do. I think that Eric Bieniemy. I think part of his problem uh, kind of surfaced on Thanksgiving where those third and fourth and ones shotgun calls. I don't know if that's really like, ah, that was not something you want to put on the resume right there when you're trying to get a head coaching job is, uh, is, is showing some, some, some things like that. But yeah, for Carolina, I don't know that they pull like North, like North Turner comes out of retirement, like something ridiculous. <laughs> like it feels something very ridiculous, uh, a low level, uh, a low level college. Co- I don't know. Uh, it doesn't feel like one that's going to attract the best and the brightest. And it's going to be some rando. Somebody's special teams coordinator is going to end up with that job. But uh, yeah, they've, I mean, are they still paying Matt rule? They I are. Guess? I don't Gosh, that's, I don't know. And they, they had, you know, and Steve Wilkes was there. Steve Wilkes had won a couple of games with that team. And I know that he had been given, like, what, a year in uh, in Arizona? Like, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe uh, Vance Joseph. There's another guy who might not get another job somewhere else. But, hey, look at what he's done with the Denver defense over the last couple of weeks. I don't know. It is going to be somebody like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Adam Rank from the NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank joining Matt Marchese here on the fan check down. Okay. The big news of yesterday was Jonathan Taylor is going to miss some time with thumb surgery. I, Jim Irsay said two to three weeks. I've seen people who actually are doctors that are not Jim Irsay that said it's probably closer to five. Um, it's, which is really hilarious to say this. Um, I can't believe that they're just fine. Thank you very much with Zach Moss. Could you imagine that conversation two years ago? Oh, Jonathan Taylor went down, but it's okay. We have Zach Moss. I mean, for a lot of fantasy enthusiasts, I, I got a feel for the people who over the over the bye week, I'm, I'm assuming over the Colts bye week, which recently happened, that they're like, oh, I can't hold Zach Moss forever. You know, Jonathan Taylor's back. I'm going to let him go doing something like that. But you know what? I, Zach Moss has played very well. Like he did an admirable job for the Colts when he was uh, when he was in there. This Colts team has been pretty surprising to me. Like this was one of the teams that I thought coming into this season was going to be a real candidate for one of the top picks in the draft. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm just not seeing it. They were starting a rookie quarterback who didn't have a lot of experience. And even then with going with, with Gardner Minshew. So they've really kind of exceeded my expectations, but it also it goes hand in hand with teams like the bills and the Bengals, uh, the chargers not playing well, the jets being foreign. So, you know, like there's been some other teams that have kind of fallen off and kind of expected to be better, but they've done a nice job and they, and, and they've really put something together and it's, it's kind of a bummer that Jonathan Taylor is out. But again, 
they've done they did i mean they got to this point like they didn't have jonathan taylor that long it's not like he's been carrying him this entire season like he's been somebody who's been a, a little bit of a nice addition like he's a guy who showed up at the party at you know 10 o'clock and you're like oh this is great and it's 11 and he's already leaving you're like okay go cool. great seeing you <laughs> but it's uh it's hard to believe that this is a I, I was stunned they're like you know we heard we were doing the show they're like oh he's got a thumb injury like oh it sucks he's out for a couple of weeks i was thinking like justin fields hurt his thumb he's out for a couple of weeks like he's having surgery you're like how does he have surgery and there's a remote chance that he returns this year at all like please don't do this jonathan taylor uh i know he got paid his money which is amazing as he deserved uh don't do it don't you're not you're not going to the super bowl as well as you've played you're not going to the super bowl please please don't do this take the year off and we'll see you next season i wanted to ask you about cuz you talk about surprising teams i absolutely i absolutely was you know had the indianapolis colts as a bottom dweller as well so we are we are the same um the other team that i had as a basement dweller was the denver broncos and i said I'm looking at their schedule and I can't, I remember having this, it was a conversation I had with Bruce Murray from Sirius XM before the season started. It was probably in like July or something. And I said, I'm looking at the schedule. I look at the Broncos and I say, I don't see five wins on the schedule. Cause I believe that's where the, the total was the betting total was for them. And now we look and they're the hottest team along with the yes, Philadelphia Eagles. And they're doing it in a way that reminds us of football from like the 1980s or the early 1990s where they run the ball, play good defense, and they don't throw it all that well. But hey, they managed to get by. Uh, how surprised are you at the Broncos? Especially, let's not forget, they started one and four and they gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. Like we can't forget any of that. And now they look like the way they're playing, especially the defense, that they may get into the playoffs at the playoff picture right now and i think denver is right there with with the uh indianapolis colts with uh six i think they have identical wait hold on let me see this i did where did i go where did it go yeah they're both six and five so they're they're literally tied so at the number seven spot you got the colts at six and five texans six and five broncos six and five bills have six wins but they're six and six i look at the denver broncos i was actually trying to find my preseason predictions because i i know that i would have taken the over of uh of five. don't gamble kids by the way know your limits <laughs> um i would have i would have gone over i i had a little bit more confidence in russell wilson and sean payton saw sean payton especially so i was pretty bullish on the on the denver broncos and so i was a little bit shocked at how poorly they played and really it comes down to like you know they were getting blown out by the by the bears the bears were really bears were up by two scores and could have really put them away and then I don't know if, 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 you know, if Denver still would have gone on the winning streak, if things had, would have gotten worse, like what would have happened had they not rallied against the Bears? I'm really curious. That is a, one of those things you'll look back at and like, you know, what could have happened type of situation. But after those games, I do remember, because we do picks for the NFL.com and the NFL media group, and they were playing Kansas City. And so we do this thing, and you might see the graphics throw, float through social media. I know I've, I've been crowing about it for the last couple of weeks because I was the only one of our group. I'm like, I think the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Like, they are they were too close last time. And this Chiefs team's not as good as I thought they were going to be. And so then I, start, I started picking them in all those games. Like, I picked them to the, pick the, beat the Bills. Nobody beat them. Nobody picked them to beat the Vikings. 
Like finally this week against the the Browns, everybody like more people came aboard. But I'm like, this is a good team. And I remember doing our Sunday morning show. I wish I knew what we called it. But I was doing our Sunday morning show with Steve <laughs> White, and and he was like, ah, he was like kind of not dogging, but he's like, I think Russell Wilson comes back to earth. I'm like, you know what? You guys got to stop this with Russell. Like Russell Wilson's a good player. I know that he's a goofball and he does some corny things. And there's like, I don't know, like there's something about he's a little something, you know, like, okay, like he's one of your coworkers. You're like, he's nice, but like, I don't want to hang out with him. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) he is one of your, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very pleasant. Like you see him in the lunchroom. You're like, oh, hey, like, like that's, that's what I want. I want those 90 second interactions with Russell Wilson as I'm filling up my coffee. I'm like, like, oh my gosh, like I saw that. Oh, by the way, Sierra, great album. Uh, Okay, I got to go. Uh, hey, I don't know if you watch the challenge, but that's fine. And you know, walk off and uh, do whatever. Uh, I'm not inviting him to go to lunch with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to Tim Hortons, I'm not. If I'm picking up at Tim Hortons, I might get him something, but I'm not going. If we're going there to sit down, I don't want him there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that I get that. To you? Yep, yep. There's. Uh, I'm not going to say that there's lots of people like that in where I work, but there's. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Like, that's no. Ken Reed would be this guy. No, I'm, joke, I'm joking, Kenny. Kenny, I'm joking. I love Kenny. I, I love Kenny. And uh, buy his book. It's a, it's amazing. It I is. I would say this, though. He uh, he did such a nice... I'm sorry. I, I'm said way... I'm, I'm into, like, 30 different analogies within an analogy. <laughs> Ken Reed's book is excellent, folks. He's a, I love him. Um, go check it out. In any event, Russell Wilson has not turned the ball over. He doesn't throw a lot of picks. And I think that's been the most important thing. And by the way, Cortland Sutton is one of the most like underrated receivers in the league. I think he finally got shut out this week. He didn't get into the end zone. I think there's just three games this year where he's not scored a touchdown. And his touchdowns are always amazing to the point of like, he didn't catch one against the Browns, but he had one that was like, it should have been, it was a Cortland Sutton type of play where like he should have had it. And so, this team's playing really well, and and again, it goes back to Sean Payton and these guys, and I I think they're a real I think they're a real problem. I think they're one of those teams that are gonna be they're gonna be interesting in the playoffs. I don't expect them to make a run. I think that you know we we see the top teams right now with the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Jags and those guys. You know, you're trying to figure out like who's that who's that quirky team that's not like dominating but can make a run. Can I give it? Can I just spoil it? Let me just. This is a team that I like in the AFC. I think it's going to be a problem for people. I think it's the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a team that nobody talks about. They've lost. They lose to, like, the really good teams, and they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, which always kind of like, all right, like, you don't really take those teams seriously. But their offense is such a problem for people. And I remember last season when they went to Buffalo and nearly won that game, you know, whenever they expected them to fold because they're, you know, they're, they're a warm weather team. They're not going to go on the road and play. And Skylar Thompson was the quarterback. Yes, right. And I go. I think it's easier. Um, I, I think it's easier for the Dolphins to go play in the cold than it would be for like the Ravens to go down to to Florida and play. And so I I I think the Dolphins are kind of a sneaky team for me, which I'm like, hmm, like AFC Championship game. I'm seeing from them. Uh, I would like it to be the Broncos because I've enjoyed uh, hanging out with their fans. And uh, them celebrating me because I was the only one picking them. But I, I, I think for that category, I, I kind of like the Dolphins. Am I off? I know they're. I know they have eight wins, so it's like it's ridiculous to say. But I think that people are overlooking them. My only concern is that 
when when you play physical with them, they just fold up like a cheap tent. And we've seen that. And the, even the Raiders game, like they scored 20 points against the Raiders. Well, the Raiders aren't very good, especially on defense. And but they they threw different looks at them. They played physical at the line of scrimmage, and they they the looks that they were throwing at Tua did not allow him to get the ball out quickly. And that's where this Dolphins offense has had the most success. Here's the other thing: I don't trust that defense. I know they got Jalen Ramsey back, and I understand that. I just don't trust them. Like I I know this is going to sound really ridiculous because I, I'm very biased because I'm a Bills fan, as you know. But I look at it and say, if the Bills can somehow get into the playoffs. They're a team that I think a lot of people don't want to play when we look at how they've lost their games. They've kind of done it to themselves, and maybe you look at it and go, well, you know, that's maybe why we want to play them. But I look at the way, especially the way the offense has played the last couple of weeks against two what we believe are good defenses. If they can, you know, kind of figure out their own bleep right now, then I think they'll be okay. That's a team that I look at. But the Broncos is the interesting one because they don't play fast. They grind out the clock. They run the ball. They don't have to throw it to beat you. And their defense has vastly improved from earlier in the year. So I can buy the Broncos being a real pain in the ass in the playoffs for sure. You know what? You convinced me. Forget <laughs> the Dolphins. No, I, I I still really like those teams that can score, though. I sure. always love, like, when you have the big playability. That's the one thing about the Broncos. Although I do, again, I love Cortland Sutton, so I shouldn't dismiss their ability to strike at any time. I think that when you have a team like the Dolphins and you have a player like Tyree Kill, there's something to be said about that that quick strike ability and in, in being able to change a game on a dime. A couple of years ago, you know, you don't remember this as many as well as anybody. When when the Chiefs eliminated the Bills in that playoff game where they had to change the rules, they it was it was it was Tyree Kill that really did that. Like mm-hmm. as much as we celebrate Patrick Mahomes, and I had this analysis two years ago. And I wish I would have stuck with it in my fantasy drafts this year. It's like, God, Tyreek Hill really bailed them out of a lot of things. Now, last season, they got away with it, and it was fine. And you found contributions from Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore and players like that. And perhaps, you know, I'm hoping the Chiefs will look at Rasheed Rice the way that the Texans have looked at Tank Dell and been like, you know what? This is our guy. Like, I don't care that he's a rookie. Like, he's just our guy. He's got to be the guy. So I look at, um, so I look at a team that has Tyreek Hill, and I'm like, okay. This You have the chance to change the game. Like, again, if a team's being very physical with them, we saw this on Monday night. Like, you could be as physical with them, but these coaches get into that late-game late, late game mode, and they're like, okay, now we back off. Now we've been dominating you for 58 minutes. We're going to stop doing that. We're going to do something completely different, and we're going to let your best players run free. That's where the Dolphins, I think, always have that, like, that, that puncher's chance so to speak, which I know is more cliche than it should be. Yeah, I and, think so. but I, but and I, they've but got Jalen Waddle too, right? It doesn't, yeah. doesn't just end a Tyree kill either. That's what I love about them. Uh, but I do love the Broncos, and uh, and I'll give your bills a little bit. You know what, though? The, the thing with the bills, though, man, like, I don't know. Like, Sean McDermott, like, at some point, I don't know, buddy. Like, you got rid of my friend Leslie Frazier, and that's fine. I'm sure that decision looks great now. Um, you're firing all like you got rid of Ken Dorsey. Like there's only one person left to blame, buddy. And it's not Josh Allen. So, uh, I don't know. Good luck to you, Sean, I, who I like. I don't mean to, to go after a fellow bald, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Sean, it's coming down to you. Like, I don't know. You're lucky. You think David Tepper has an itchy trigger finger. Whoo. I don't know.
Yeah, I think uh, I think we're we might be like if they don't get in, I think we're nearing the end of the tenure uh, for Sean McDermott there because uh, the window is uh, well. Josh Allen starts to make a lot more money next year, so that's going to change things. Um, I did want to ask you about in reaction to the Monday Nighter, not about the Bears yet, but we will conclude on them. Uh, but the Minnesota Vikings are considering a quarterback change after Josh Dobbs's four interception performance. Now I look at that performance and I say. Do I put all of that on Josh Dobbs? No, because some guys have butterfingers when they play football, and Jordan Addison was one of them. Um, I can blame Josh Dobbs for maybe one of the interceptions, but I don't think I could blame him for all four. And my other thing is, is how do you not give him the bye week to get even more acclimated? And, oh, by the way, you're going to get that Justin Jefferson guy back after the bye as well. Do you think that this is a little bit of a smokescreen here by the Vikings, or do you think they're legitimately thinking about starting Jaron Hall over Josh Dobbs? No, I think um, I think it was a little bit of a smokescreen. I, I think they want people to think about this, you know, coming out of the the bye week, whether they're going to be able to uh, to use him or not. I would go with him one more time, but it was I think it was pretty clear the uh, the Bears. You know, now that we've started to see him a little bit. Uh, teams are going to start designing some things and, and some looks to confuse him. And I thought the Bears did a really nice job of, of really just kind of being a little bit more exotic. I think there was one play where they had Unique Ngakwe and Martez Sweat on the same side. And they came rolling in. You're like, oh, my God, I want to see more of that. So I think that this is what they're going to start throwing at Josh Dobbs. And there was a reason why he bounced around the league. Like, it was fun. I'll never forget the Josh Dobbs era. But it was uh, at some point it's going to come to a close, you know? Um, it's It was very Tim Tebow-esque in a way. Like, it is it is 2023's Tim Tebow moment where you're like, oh, my God, this is really fun. And But really, like, just being able to to keep this team in the hunt uh, for as long as he did. You know, the, the, the Vikings still <laughs> occupy. Hey, buddy. Hey, the, the Vikings occupy that number seven slot. So I think that... Um, I think if, if Dobbs does, I, I think he might get one more chance, but I, I think we might be seeing the end of it. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're getting pretty close to that. Um, who has the who has the better run, uh, Tektronic of the '90s or Josh Dobbs? Ooh, Tektronic was pretty dope. Like that's <laughs> that's hard to go against. So. <laughs> I love what Josh Dobbs did, but Tektronic, let's go. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I know you're, I, it's, it's very busy in your house. I get it. Um, I just want to ask you this one question about the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Have you seen enough as a fan and as someone who is, you know, knows a lot about football, have you seen enough from Justin Fields where you look at it and say, if they have the first overall pick, I would rather see them use it on someone to help Justin Fields? Or do you think that we are maybe near the end of his tenure there? You know what? I would say this. I'm going with Justin Fields. I think that he's shown enough. And it's and his if he's if you look at the last four games that he's played, the full game, or if you take all the full games that he's played, like he's he's on pace for like 3,700 yards, 20 plus touchdowns. Like he does enough for you offensively. I would say I think you're better off staying with him. Because you know what you have, like Caleb Williams, Drake May. I know it's great prospects, but listen, like we, we we see what's happening in Carolina. We thought that Bryce Young was supposed to be amazing. We thought that you know Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Like we've seen plenty of guys not work out. Justin Fields is getting it done, and so I would say that if you have the number one pick, if you wanted to use it on 
Marvin Harrison Jr., like, okay, like that's not bad. But I think what you're going to be able to do is drop down a couple of spots. Like hope that New England stays at number three. And you're like, okay, we'll flip picks, grab an extra first rounder next season, and then you guys can take Caleb Williams. We'll take Marvin Harrison Jr. and then go about it that way. And then you take the Bears' other pick and flip it down a little bit more and just get more good players. And I think that if, if the Bears had more good players around Justin Fields, the decision to keep him would be sound. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, get him some help. Get him another elite weapon because when he's throwing to DJ Moore, it's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, listen, you got stuff to do. Thanks so much, as always, for taking time for us. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk in seven days, buddy. Sounds amazing. Thanks so much, Matt. We'll see you then. There he goes. Adam Rank from NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Justin Field, man. Everybody's starting to come around again because he's finally gotten help and he could get more after the draft with two really high picks. It feels like a no brainer for me. I know people are like, Oh, Caleb Williams. The, there are a lot of people that are calling for Caleb Williams to the bears that do not watch college football. That I will say, let's not forget what Sean King said yesterday. Sean King, who watches a lot of football and knows a thing or two about quarterbacks. Don't be surprised if it's not Caleb Williams one and Drake may number two. Just saying. All right, we're going to hit a break. When we come back, Daniele Franceschi, producer extraordinaire here, has multiple titles. He also hosts. He's also a Bills fan, so he's a sucker like me. We'll just kind of look around the league and see what's what's happening. How about that? All right, all that when we come back. This is the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We'll be back in a few. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese here, and I got a guest in studio. So I called you producer extraordinaire because you are. Okay. Because you book <laughs> guests that I was like, yeah, that guy's never coming on the station. <laughs> um, you're so good that they gave you an, a, another title. They gave you another job because that's what happens around here. When you're really good, they mm. don't, they just give you more jobs. Don't pump my tires. <laughs> Let's just, we'll keep it under the radar. We're good. Low key. And I, I don't need to have my tires pumped. Okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good idea. No, okay. it's it's very generous <laughs> and kind of you, but no, I'm good. I You're don't more. To... See, I want people to pump my. I'll just be honest. I have a big ego. I think you have to to do this job in a sense. Um, I want people to pump my tires. Tell me how great I am. I don't. And I honestly, and I don't care if people tell me if they don't like me. That's fine. Like Lance just said. Um, <laughs> Lance, Lance, it's literally part of Lance's job to listen. Um, so I appreciate your humbleness. Um, okay. We're both Bills fans. Yeah. And six losses by six points or less. Mm -hmm. Some real heartbreakers in that, in that window. When you look at this team and you say, okay, there's a lot of talent here. Josh Allen has been the last two weeks since they made the change at offensive coordinator. What a surprise. Oh. The last game was the game that they had. They had 60% of their offensive plays had motion. They hadn't had, I think it was 64%. That was the most that they had by seemingly a large number. And they're doing things to make Josh Allen more dangerous. Here's the problem. 
I feel like the head coach is ruining a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The in-game management. Um, th- and this goes back to playoff. The first playoff game in, well, sorry, the second playoff game in forever against Houston, where they had the game in the bag and they lost it. They had the game in the bag. Again, I'm getting chills just thinking about this. It's not because it's cold in here. Um, <laughs> They had the game in the bag against Kansas City. Oh, yeah. It's been multiple mm-hmm. times that we've seen this. And like Adam Rank said, and, and I've talked about this before, there's nobody else left the fire here. Leslie Frazier is gone. Ken Dorsey is gone. If they don't make the playoffs, is the seat warm or hot under Sean McDermott? It should be hot. Yeah. But is it going to be hot? Well, they just signed him to an extension. Like, I don't, I don't think so. And... You listen to a lot of people out in Buffalo, people that are closer to it, former players even, that talk about the equity he's built up with the ownership and the front office, that it's going to be challenging for them to make that change. Now, I look, I think at some point, I don't want to say, I don't, I, the ter- complacency isn't the right term, but things get stale, right? Coaches get mm-hmm. hired to get fired. That That happens. And... Every time I watch this team play against other really good teams, I can't help but think, man, maybe it's it's not even an indictment on him as a coach. It's more of they're at the stage where they maybe need a new voice to push him over the top mm-hmm. to get past that hurdle of being very good to becoming a Super Bowl championship winning contending team. Like that's they're right there. They're even at six and six, Maddie. You look through the teams. I mean, I go. You go through the playoff teams on both sides. Even at six and six, you still have some modicum of belief that that team can win mm-hmm. because they have the quarterback. They may be one of the best six and six teams that we've ever yes. seen. They have they have the quarterback. Unlike other teams that are in a much more advantageous position record wise right now, you'd still have to put them in the grouping of boy if they get in, even if they just you know, scratch and claw their way in as this, the last, the seventh seed, the wild final wild card team, they still can win the Super Bowl, And that's why it's frustrating sometimes because Josh Allen, the last two weeks has been flawless. Yes. He had the interception in the game against Philly, yeah, whatever. but he was, inc- he was incredible. He was incredible. And the whole time I'm wa- watching that game where they're up 10 and, and you're like, okay, double digitally, they dominated dominated most of the game and I still in the back of my mind had this prevailing thought I'm like they're gonna find a way to lose this game they're gonna find a way they're not Chargers level you know they're not Chargers-esque in terms of being inventive losers but it feels like especially under this regime as of late every time they're in big games and big moments they're on the wrong side of it yeah that's what bothers me so if the play, if they were to get into the seventh seed, they would be playing as of today the Kansas City Chiefs. Could they go <laughs> oh in? God. Could they go into Arrowhead and win that game? They could. I think they could. And I I say, could they go into Jacksonville and win? Yes, they could. Could they go into Miami and win? They could. Could they beat the Steelers? Yes. Could they beat the Browns? Yes. Could they beat the Colts? Like all those teams. I mean, I didn't mention the Ravens, but they could beat the Ravens too. That's the problem. That's the it's frustrating not. part. No, but the frustrating part is. They can. There are teams that you'd say no they chance. Can. Yeah, they can. They can go anywhere and win. They they're that good. It's about putting it all together mm-hmm. at the right time, and that's with all the injuries on defense. Like yeah, you lose 
you lose the heart and soul of your defense. And anytime you lose your your signal caller in the middle of your defense, and and that's what, a huge deal. And one of the best linebackers in football. Like that's not hyperbolic. That's no, true. No, that is true. And to go even a step further, they lost from last year the guy that was the heart and soul of their defense in Tremaine Edmonds leaving as a free agent. So you go from that to then having yes, you were fortunate where you had two of those those kind of guys those those. Um, or those connectors on defense, a guy mm-hmm. that really stabilizes. You had two of them in the middle of your defense. So you lose one. The other guy gets hurt. You lose your best corner. You lose a guy up front in Daquan Jones who was p- playing really well at yeah. the time he got hurt. And yet they've still been okay. Like they haven't been that bad in that area. They've they've made do with what they have. Mm-hmm. Rasul Douglas has been a nice addition. Like they've, they've found a way to be good enough. And... You just rhymed off those names of those teams. I don't think it's I. I don't even think it's being biased. Like there's no bias attached to me saying, yeah. Can you picture the Bills going into one of those environments and winning? Hundred percent. Why? Mostly because they have the right guy throwing the football. Yeah. So I want to. You you mentioned something really interesting there about the equity with Sean McDermott. So I want to kind of circle back to that. When they brought Sean McDermott in, they needed someone to reset the culture. And Sean McDermott was the perfect guy for that. But like you said, we may be out of, they don't need, they don't need to set the culture anymore. They have the quarterback. They have the receiver. They have the pieces on defense and really significant ones. Um, They have guys in place that are part of that culture that was built. So the culture's not going anywhere. They just might need someone who is better at managing the game. and, And I don't, I don't even know if it's a veteran guy that needs to come in there. Like you're not getting like a Mike Tomlin. You're certainly, you, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you don't want Bill Belichick, but you <laughs> like, I don't think that's what they need because you look at the success that a guy like Nick Sirianni's had in Philadelphia. You look at the success that early on Shane Steichen has had in Indianapolis. Yeah. Maybe I'm talking myself into, they need somebody on the fill from the Philadelphia staff. Maybe that's what I'm talking yeah, myself into, but <laughs> Obviously, these other guys who do not have as much experience are coming in and they are able to manage the game better. Could we be having the conversation? See, even the conversation of Sean McDermott calling the plays on defense is too much for him. It doesn't matter because even when he was not calling the plays on defense, the game still Still. got away from him. So that part doesn't matter. I just think that as much equity as he's built up, and I know that... Essentially, he was the guy that brought the GM in and not the other way around. That's going to be a really hard conversation, but it might be one that absolutely needs to happen. Like they have the buy this week. It's it's funny because the buy is it feels like it's so bad for them because then they could just fall further behind because the other teams are playing so well, like the Broncos, for example, they got a tough one against Houston. Mm -hmm. But I just look at it and say, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't know how you how it's not a thought to fire the head coach, especially with the roster that you have. I agree. I I mean, that has to be a conversation point that has to be mentioned and brought up. I don't think it's, I I mean, I, I don't, I certainly don't think it's outlandish. I think it's an entirely fair question that needs to be posed because you come in with higher expectations than this. And you can point to a lot of look, like you said, what six six? I think six of the all six losses were right a touchdown six, or less. Six points or less. Not even not, not even, even a touchdown. Extra point. It's six, six points or less. or less. So here's actually, and I'll give you an interesting, you know, on on the opposite end of the spectrum. If we flip the table, Phillies won ten games. Seven of those wins have come by a touchdown or less. That's the difference. That is the difference 
and so you could you could say, well, you know, you know, bad luck. Well, no, it's it's about how you execute in those spots. And even late in the game against the Eagles, where you were just with <laughs> talk about hindsight, they were in positions. They played against Kansas City in the postseason where they lost the game with Patrick Mahomes marching down the field in 13 seconds to get a field goal to force overtime. They had 20 seconds. Yeah. Right? They blew and a they, timeout. Which was so stupid. They blew a timeout, so they would have had two. Instead, they have one, but you still have one, and you're playing the best team record-wise in the NFL. Be aggressive and try and go make a play. Like, that's that's the whole purpose of having the guy playing quarterback. Yeah. That's why you want 17 playing quarterback, because he can make one, two chunk plays, and boom, just like that, you're in field goal position with an opportunity to win the football game, steal one on the road against a really good team. Instead... They kind of play it safe, conservatively, go to overtime. Again. Again. And mind you, probably should have still won. Gave Davis that route there and everything James, that went. James Cook, two missed field goals. Done the mean, miss, endlessly. But the, and the Gabe Davis thing, that's not on Gabe Davis. If you watch the play again, the, def, the defender has inside leverage. The play so is to go to, to the, the pylon. Yeah. The play is to go to the pylon. That, was a, that, was, that one was on Josh Allen. But anyway, it doesn't matter because he played well enough that he should have won anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quarterback talk here. Yes. So, you know, and I feel like you're on the same page as me here. Maybe you're not. But I am, <laughs> as you know, a massive CJ Stroud guy. I'm also a big Justin Fields guy. But let's focus on CJ Stroud here. If you are starting a franchise today, how many quarterbacks are you taking over CJ Stroud right now? Because that is, for me, a short list. Okay, so let's go through. So Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes for sure. Joe Burrow. Okay. <laughs> wow, you even wow, you okay. even hesitated jo- I would on take, that one. I would still Josh take Josh. Allen. Yeah, Josh Three. Allen for sure. I don't Lamar see, I don't know about Lamar. I'm not taking Lamar Jackson over CJ Stroud right now. Who am I missing? Herbert, would you take Herbert over CJ Stroud? No. Because Justin Herbert and it's, there's still a lot of runway here for C.J. Stroud, but Justin Herbert makes a lot of mistakes late in games. As much as I like to poo on um, Brandon Staley, because he's a bad coach, um, and he's not the defensive genius everybody thought he oh, was. That's um, for sure. That's, yeah. <laughs> I think that C.J. Stroud long-term has the better career. And then after that, I mean, boy, oh boy. In the division, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. No, I see, this is... That's why I thought the game on Sunday was interesting. But I will throw Jalen Hurts in there too. I Jalen still probably Hurts, take yep. Jalen Hurts. Yep. Uh, beyond that, I think then it becomes tricky. I don't know if there's many guys out there that I would. Um, certainly at this stage of his career, and even like, who knows, Aaron Rodgers might still be the better quarterback today, but we don't know that. He's hurt. Secondly, he's old, and you're not getting much runway. So... I think it's a very, very small pool of players that I, quarterbacks that I would say I'd much rather, with 100% certainty, have rather than C.J. Stroud. So and, we're so we're at Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, yeah, Hurts. I've got four. Yeah. You've got five with Lawrence. No, I would not take. Lawrence. Oh, you wouldn't. Okay. No, no. This that's why I thought that game on Sunday was particularly interesting because. Trevor Lawrence was the guy that was obviously immensely hyped coming out of college. What? I think didn't, the best, what was the he? Best he lost QB one prospect, game, two games? The, yeah. And no, he didn't even lose. He did not lose in high school or oh, college. Oh, that's right. So, 
Except he for, was he was the best prospect since Andrew Luck. That's what everybody was saying. Yes. And so, and, and now that's Caleb Williams, which is really funny. Wow. But <laughs> but it's funny how you know already he is kind that whole Ohio State quarterbacks can't play thing is now like well okay C.J. Stroud may have changed the narrative for one year, which is fine. But what he's done, and you and I have kind of discussed this, what he can do with the football, which is, the and it's the most impressive thing about him, is it seems so effortless. Like him throwing the ball 50 yards to Tank Dell literally looks like he flicks his wrist and that's it. You know what he reminds me of? He's he's like the Steph Curry of football. That's a really good way to put it. The way he throws, the way he looks so poised and controlled inside the pocket, under pressure... You're like, you feel so comfortable. Like, I can only imagine if you're a Texans fan watching that on a weekly basis, you, there should be like, you might not feel stressed at all when he's got the ball, mm-hmm. right? Like there are times even you watch, you know, you watch Josh Allen. Yeah, you get, ah, you get a little you know, fidgety. You get yeah, a little fidgety. You get that, 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 that sense of anxiety. You're kind of biting your tongue a little bit. You're, you're grinding your teeth. Stroud, I mean, my goodness. It's like he's completely unfazed by everything. His footwork is so sound. Like, that is the most impressive part of him. Never yeah. mind the arm. The, the And the fact that it looks effortless when he throws the ball and he's just flicking it, like you said, downfield. But it's how he's just completely evading pressure, knowing how, where to go, how to navigate the pocket. And he's not one of these – he's not Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts like or Josh Allen super athletic. Like, he's athletic enough. Certainly, he led his team in rushing this past week, but it's not because they're designed runs. It's because he's a, like you said, he's a, he's able to evade pressure. He's able to read the defense. And like, listen, Bobby Slowick deserves a lot of credit here for the success of this offense because there are not a lot of offenses where I see guys this wide open. Oh, it's and, crazy and wide open in critical situations. Now, C.J. Stroud still has to throw the ball in a bucket over defenders and all that stuff. That's they're still great throws, but man, you know, we talk about the Ben John because Ben Johnson is the hot name yeah. right now, man. Bobby Slowick is going to get head coaching interviews there's, as he should. There's two Johnsons, Ben and Brian in Philadelphia yeah, that's is the true. other one. That's getting a lot of love these days too, obviously with the way that the Eagles are still marching along and they've changed both coordinators, but to- totally agree on that point and, and definitely deserving of, of tons of recognition for the job that they're doing. The the one thing that is I really admire too is you watch them every week. You're almost guaranteed to see like they take shots. And you don't see that as much even in today's game with a lot even with the elite quarterbacks. But these guys are throwing the ball downfield. Like Stroud is out there slinging it. You're almost guaranteed once or twice a game that Tank Dell is going to get free for a 30, 40 yard big chunk play. And then he's not he's also distributing the ball to all the receive, like to everybody. Like there was even on, I, I think it was a third down play against Jacksonville on the weekend where it's, it's Bobby trees comes out of nowhere. It's like his yeah. first catch of the game. Boom, moves the sticks. Then he's got Nico Collins in the middle of a zone where he just, just delivers a dart over the middle. Then he's going downfield to tank Dell. Like it's just a perfect, they're, they're using compliment. different levels of the field. And so you talk about CJ Stroud, like here's the other thing. A lot of rookie quarterbacks, when they come in, they don't their their average depth of targets not very high. CJ Stroud leads the NFL in completions of 20 yards or more. He has five more than Jared Goff. That's the lead. <laughs> He's also, when you look at in terms of yards per attempt, 8.4 yards per attempt. Right? Like that's, that's yeah. 
it's it's yeah. Brock Purdy, it's Tua, and C.J. Stroud are tied. And to go one step further, he's also second in the league in passing yards. How af- teams are not going to be afraid necessarily of a Damian Pierce or Devin Singletary, as effective as they've been. Like, well, Singletary, but they weren't effective against the Jags, that's for sure. No, they weren't. They were bottled up a little, but but they've been very very effective. However, coming into the week, teams are not probably circling those guys like they would be McCaffrey in San Francisco, where a lot of Brock Purdy's production is play action rollouts, like things that are very okay. Teams laugh at Houston when they try and do play action. Right. Oh, you're, yo, you're going to run with that guy? Sure. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. It's all driven by the quarterback. Yeah. Now, I do want to say one thing. I, I don't think it's necessary. We shouldn't write off Bryce Young either. No. I don't think it's fair to Bryce Young because I, I, I like him. I also think the coaching is, that whole situation is rough. So I think the jury's still out there. We can love CJ Stroud, but we shouldn't also necessarily rip on Bryce Young at the same time. No, I think this is a lost developmental year for Bryce Young. I don't think you can evaluate a single thing from Bryce Young at a position that is not only so difficult for young guys to come into, but one that requires a lot of attention to detail. And I'm not sure that he's gotten that, especially uh, also helps when you have guys to throw to. Oh, that helps. Yeah, it certainly does. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for, for me here today. Danielle, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Producer extraordinaire. I got that in there. Made sure. Um, <laughs> he's humble. He doesn't like it. Uh, also, thanks to Lance behind the glass. Thanks to Adam Rank, who joins us every Wednesday on the show. Hey, tomorrow, it's a Thursday nighter. It's the Cowboys. It's the Seahawks. We got lots to talk about. All that coming up tomorrow. Signing off for today on the Fan Checkdown. Matt Marchese here. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.